Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. You are here with Dude and the incomparable, mm-hmm. the handsome, the talented. That's right. Keep him coming. The musical genius. Wow. The recorder playing maestro, Andy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> What's up, Andy? Hey, not much, man. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we are talking about multi-instrumentalists. We picked out two fantastic records that feature such artists. We're going to talk about the debut record from Emajim Thackray. It came out earlier this year, as well as a classic from Stevie Wonder. Indeed. Can't wait. For both. About time. Yeah. Get some Stevie on the show. Yeah, Mr. Wonder has been like circling this show for years. Just Dude. somehow it has, we haven't gotten to him, and I don't know why. Glad we're making time for him today. Well, it's a great opportunity to do so. Uh, maybe you've heard these records before. I'd love to know your opinions on them. Uh, you can shoot us an email, podcast at elbners.com, or leave us a voicemail, 585-210-2454. All right, so for our new release recommendation, bringing to the table the debut record from Emma Jean Thackeray, who... Thackeray. Thackeray. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's spelled. It is, yeah. She's, Thackeray. Uh, it's a very British name, and she is yeah. from Leeds in West Yorkshire. So she, like I said at the top of the show, is a multi-instrumentalist. She... It's also a composer, a singer, DJ, and producer. She studied jazz trumpet in college and play, currently plays in the jazz quartet. Andy, that was composer, not just poser, right? <sighs> we have to. We want to make that clear. I did not say poser. I'm certain <laughs> of that. <laughs> uh, she started a record label, also specifically for releasing her own music. I think is pretty dope. This record was released on that label, which is called Movement. Why don't we jump in and play a cut from this record? Uh, the record is called Yellow. I don't think I said that. The cut we're going to play is entitled Our People. Our little taste of our people off of the album Yellow by Emma Jean Thackeray. Yeah, so she dabbles, I would say, in jazz would be her primary genre. But there's also a good dose of funk as well as house music, which is kind of an interesting mix. I really was taken with this record. I think it's, I love the, the general vibe, which I would say is kind of like a throwback, like kind of like 70s style jazz record. Big sounds and big group choruses and has a really high energy to it. What did you yes. think, man? Would you agree with any of that? There is a lot of energy, but there's also a lot of songs. It, it's a big investment of time, especially when the energy level is pretty high on all the tracks. So you felt a little overwhelmed, perhaps, by all of the energy. I found myself listening to it, and then the next time I listened to it, starting halfway through because I felt like I had tuned out on the previous listen, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, clearly a talented person. There's just a 
hell of a lot going on. Like this was the song you just played was one of the few where I really got a sense of what was happening lyrically. It's one of the few that I understood the meaning of. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about some of the other tracks and what what are the themes going on here? It's a good question. Good point. I would say the general theme of the record, I think, is one of communication and kind of like listening to each other. What was that? <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Old trick. <laughs> Yeah, the opening cut, which I think is great and really establishes a nice tone, titled Mercury, has this big opening, kind of like psychedelic symbols and piano, kind of like, reminds me a lot of like what Coltrane was doing on like Love Supreme and some of his classic records. Then they get into the the lyrics there and then it's very repetitive and it's very like kind of like a chanted, almost like a mantra on a lot of the songs here. But on the opening cut, the lyric is, to listen is to know, to know is to love. And that message is, I would say, repeated quite a bit. Maybe that's one of the downfalls of the record is, I mean, you could say it's consistent, but it's also fairly repetitive in terms of the general sound, like you were saying. It feels a lot like a performance piece kind of a thing. I could see uh, tuning in PBS and there's a live band playing through the rec- through the album. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of energy, where it's, a, it's like a studio jam session is what it kind of sounds like. And with the yeah. chanted stuff, too, it, that style is very like freeform jazz kind of a thing. I mean, I don't know how much of this was composed and planned out or how much of it was in the moment, because a lot of it sounds in the moment to me. Yeah, it has that very loose feel to it, and it, it does feel like a group effort. Supposedly, she wrote the music for all these songs. I don't know how much of it. I mean, usually with jazz, there's a fair amount of improvised improvising that's going on yeah it's loose it's about 50 minutes long 14 tracks there's different spices different flavors of jazz um one thing that really makes the record i think sound unique to me is the electric piano they use going pretty much every track i believe it has a very distinct sound that i don't hear a lot nowadays i think it was more popular back in the 70s it's cool because everything kind of a bouncy kind of like herbie hancock type uh which is cool i really enjoyed it for a debut record, you know, maybe it does have a lot of ideas crammed in here. And maybe none of them are explored in too much depth, but I think she cements herself as a talent and hopefully mm-hmm. someone who can kind of lead this somewhat stagnant genre, maybe back to some of the, the glory days of, of the past. One idea is tough on a full album, unless it's like a concept album or, or really kind of structured. And maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just not... Uh jazzy enough to <laughs> to understand the intricacies of of how that comes together you know because i'm not a huge jazz guy i like jazz music here and there but yeah i'm far 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 from an expert no i mean i think you're right i came across one review who said that in particular the lyrics were a mile wide and one inch thick which i think is mm-hmm. a pretty good explanation but in that breadth of the of the mile there, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on. Cool. Um, but anyway, so once again, the record is Yellow by Imogene Thackray. It's a really cool modern take on a classic jazz sound. So check it out if you are interested. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Today's question in the kind of theme of multi-instrumentalists, uh, have you ever played any instruments yourself? And if so, were you any good? Andy? Uh, yeah, actually, I was uh, an excellent saxophone player in high school. Were you? 
I don't know if I was excellent, but I, I was pretty good. I could hold my Were own. Were you first chair in the school band? <laughs> I think I was second chair, honestly. Or did you play all the sock hops? Sock hops. <laughs> going back that far, maybe. Yeah, so I played sax. I did play acoustic guitar for a while, which I was not very good at that. Uh, I have some electric drums that I've dabbled on, but not very good at that either. Wow. This question is really good. It's <laughs> <laughs> just listing boring things. <laughs> so you were no Thackeray, is what you're saying. I was no Thackeray. I was not even close. Uh, it's probably why I appreciate music so much because I realize how difficult it is. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of in the same alto sax in seventh grade. That's so funny. We both played that. I had no idea about that. Well, you know. I could play a mean when the saints go marching in. Yeah, that sounds good on sax. Right? <laughs> sounds really good. I went to some competitions and stuff like that that year, but yeah, cool. it was okay. Uh, then I played guitar because I wanted to move to Seattle and be a grunge guy. Yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, mostly just rhythm guitar, messed around playing with friends and starting bands, but yeah. never, that, nothing ever came of it. Them days is over. And uh, yeah, and I played recorder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think everybody yeah. played recorder. Yeah. <laughs> at least for a well, few days. Man, back back when I was in school, it was in music class only, and they'd take out these boxes of recorders and give you one to yeah. use in the room. Ew. <laughs> you don't do that nowadays. Just put it back in the box, the next yeah. class. Yeah. <laughs> Spit tube. Nice. Let us know about your your musical uh, attempts. You play anything? What What has that done? For you, in terms of being a music fan, has it made you more of a fan, less of a fan? Did you give up altogether? <laughs> Let <laughs> us know at Album Nerds on Twitter. Old dogs. All right, so I'm the old dogger. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> I'm the old dogger this week. I like that. We're gonna go with Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions, released in August of 1973. Also multi instrumentalist. Very young when he got started. And this is from his uh, sort of classic period. So why don't we listen to a little bit of Living for the City. So that was Stevie Wonder from Living for the City, which is a seven-plus-minute epic song. That's kind of uh, at the five-minute mark roundabout, sort of the peak of the conflict going on uh, throughout the story of the song. And he even changes his voice to this much more gruff, yeah, this gruff moment. But I think it, it was uh, cool to listen to that part because it's the usual soft Stevie Wonder voice throughout most of the record, but what's just occurred in this song brings out the anguish and anger, and um, we can get a little bit into that. Andy, I know that uh, you're a big Stevie fan, so why don't you fill us in a little bit on that song, and we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic song. The storytelling is awesome. It tells the story of like a black man who is working towards moving to the big city, um, which I think is New York City in this case. Go see like all different family members, you know, each have a verse and kind of like get their perspective on like just working for the city, right? Working to get there. 
and he goes and gets there, uh, which I think is the part of the song that you were playing, and uh, immediately gets caught up in this drug scheme and gets tossed into prison for not really doing anything, and then spends, I think, like 10 years in prison, and then, then he gets out and is kind of a broken man and can't really mm-hmm. get back into the system that he fought so hard to become a part of. Yeah. It's, it's uh it's pretty it's pretty astounding now that happens. There's a couple cool like uh little like sketches that happen during the song. Yes. Um, yeah, when it, when the arrest happens, you hear the police and all that stuff. Yeah. From what I understand that's one like one of the first times that's been done in music on this record here. Um and now it becomes much more of a thing later on in like hip hop. But it um I imagine the radio version of it was probably cut down a little bit for time. Yeah. And it's a great funky Set 1973 track where I'm sure a lot of people just loved it because living for the city, you know, just sounds good. And mm-hmm. It has a most of it has this positive, like you know, yeah. Big first section of it is about going and making making your way in the world, kind of a thing. Exactly. And, uh, it, the perspective of Stevie Wonder, Steveland Hardaway Morris, as mm. he was born. He was little Stevie Wonder because when he was like 12, 11 or 12, he got signed to Motown and is yeah. a jazz musician, uh, harmonica, piano, all that kind of stuff. And then at this period, he was in his early 20s and composing these albums about life on the streets and uh, social, you know, what's happening out in the world. And mm-hmm. we, we love those kind of records here. We've talked about them a lot, but kind of in that same vein as what's going on, Marvin Gaye. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, we, we, he's blind, born blind. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine what it feels like to be marginalized or have people uh, be bigoted towards you as a black person at all. But then when you don't even see white or black mm-hmm. or the difference in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's awesome to have someone like him who can give this perspective in such a compelling way. I think that I mean, probably did as much for the civil rights movement as you know as anything a mix of blues pop soul gospel funk and jazz brought the uh, use of synthesizers kind of really to the mainstream mm-hmm. the album isn't all like i mean there's social issues and and things about life in 1973 throughout the record but it's not all heavy duty stuff so let's talk about some of the other songs <laughs> yeah right yeah totally Song like Golden Lady, which mm-hmm. I think is really more just a love song. It's more kind of like his earlier style, I guess. It's more like a soul yeah. soul love song, which I think mm-hmm. he also excels at. I mean, when, when he lets his voice go, it's yes. just gorgeous. It's so beautiful. His first couple albums were instrumental only when he was a kid. Oh, really? I haven't. They're, then I've the, the early vocal albums, he has like a high-pitched voice. You know? <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. hasn't gone through puberty yet. Yeah, Golden Lady is beautiful, and he does have a knack for those, and those are much needed here because that's part of life too you know Mm -hmm. i mean yes there's some shitty stuff going on but there are there are you know it's just it's joyful there's a there's a joyfulness in it and the fact that he's able to move between those yeah so smoothly like it doesn't feel out of place uh even though it's right after Living for the city. Mm-hmm. You know, we did start off. With the first song is "Too High," which is very jazzy. Starts off very jazzy, and that's about drug abuse. Mm-hmm. "Visions" is also sort of gloomy, but it's it's not super hard hitting. No, it's a little more quiet, a little more yeah. 
kind of an acoustic vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a nice job of pacing the record, I would say. I, I yeah. think uh, there's definitely probably about half and half, I would say, in terms of like really upbeat, funky songs and half that a little bit more, compl- you know, slowed and contemplative. Yeah. This is one of my favorites of this period that I guess kind of peaked in 1976. Yeah, he had a hell of a run, kind of yeah. starting with this record through like the end of the 70s or close to the end of the 70s there. Just fantastic, man. I, yeah, coming back and listening to this, I mean, I, this is probably one of the few records that I listen to on the regular that's not a new release. Like, I will pretty mm. much just keep this around. And, you know, it's like a great Sunday record or a great record just kind of have on. We're doing, like, stuff around the house. It's such a positive energetic vibe to it yeah i mean you know there are the moments that make you think but all in all stevie wonder what he was great at uh in this period was telling you what's up but also talking about life like all is fair uh, about divorce and breakup and you know like regular stuff too where not you know hey we all go through the same stuff but there's some things that are going on that you might not know about you know, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the brilliance of these albums is they all have that ability to do that. This this is just uh, it's nine songs that go too fast. Yeah, it really does. Which is kind of uh, of that era as well. Records were shorter, <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, had a fit on that LP. Uh, another highlight I'd say is Higher Ground, which is another very well known song. Yeah, I think that's maybe my favorite on the record. Comes right in the middle. Just that it's so iconic that freaking bass line he comes in there. And are you gonna play a bit of this? I certainly am. Why don't we do that? Okay, great. I've seen him play that like uh, back in in this in the seventies. Seeing that get played on a performance on TV, his yeah. hands the like I don't know how he was doing it, <laughs> like at that speed, you know. And, yeah, and, and also keeping that tempo going. It's not a loop. That's a person playing. You know what I'm saying? Playing all the way through, like yeah. that. Yeah. No, he's. I mean, he's beyond talented, man. I mean, it's just so. I mean, the majority of these songs he played and recorded all of these instruments himself, right? I mean, there are some he did not, but yeah, it's like maybe a little bit about his spirituality because that is kind of maybe the other big theme besides the social commentary on this record. Um, that song there, Higher Ground, kind of deals with... I mean, he's a, a very fairly religious person from what I understand, but Higher Ground deals with more, I think, just like a higher level of spirituality and kind of evolving as a human and trying to get yeah. past some of the... Get better sins of the you know there's some of the shit that's going on in the world here um we don't have to repeat our mistakes yeah exactly just learn from what you're doing yeah yeah totally and then get to higher ground which sounds like i don't know to me that sounds like a really cheesy message i would not really want to hear in a song but the way he does it is it's so infectious and like it doesn't right. really bother me at all that's why what's so good about about the way he did this and it, it is like you're 
bobbing along, singing along without really thinking about it, but maybe beneath the surface, you're like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I feel encouraged right now, you know? And, yeah, and feeling that's positive. Important. Yeah. Yeah. That song's been covered by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's part of their funky kind of, theirs is a little more bassy, but I mean, same kind of thing where that message is worth passing on. Totally. Know? Totally. Let's see. Any other songs you wanted to highlight? I could probably go through every one, honestly, but. <laughs> All right. So the one, the one final track that we'll actually spend a little time talking about, Don't You Worry About a Thing, I think it's pretty much lyrically kind of speaks for itself with the title, but the Latin soul yeah. deal going on there, yeah. the Spanish speaking, you know, when and, and the riffing when Stevie's talking about, oh, I speak Spanish perfectly and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, really it funny. feels like a block party in the city in 1973. Yeah, he's you a know? surprisingly good actor. Like, sounds yeah. good in these parts. <laughs> <laughs> It just has a great sound to it. It has this like legit Latin sound to it without feeling like a cheesy knockoff. And, right. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he's just able to just seamlessly weave in and out of these different genres and cultures and make it all so work. So his performing name is is correct. Yes. Stevie yeah. is a wonder. This is just great stuff. He's got a ton of awesome albums. Intervisions is worth your time to uh, listen to again or listen to for the first time. It's really great and uplifting and, and uh, well executed. Yeah. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. And that is why I would nominate Intervisions for the first nominee for the Elden Nerds album Hall of Fame, which is a new thing to talk about yes. briefly. So d- would you like to go over the nomination criteria? Yes, briefly, I would, just to lay out the the ground rules here. Basically, these albums have to represent the highest level of music in its genre and time period. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think Intervisions would, in my opinion, do so. This album has to excel as a cohesive whole and be longer than 25 minutes, so we can't get any EPs squeezed in there. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And both of us have to agree or one host and listener majority. So that puts that puts some pressure on you folks out there listening to the Album Nerds podcast. What do they need to do to, to chime in? Well, I think you could reach out on the socials if you feel strongly one way or the other on a particular record. And if we get more yeses than no's, we'd let them in. If the okay. no's win, then... Uh, sorry. Okay. You could try again in five years. These albums also have to be have been around a while, so old dog status at least recorded at least five years ago. Right. So then, once once these albums are nominated and chosen for the album Hall of Fame for the album nerds, they will have a special page on albumnerds.com where we will feature them all. Pay them homage. Yes. Sounds cool, man. Yeah. So I mean, I I think this is. A fantastic record and among his best and among the best of the 70s so i i think for me it's a shoe-in like this would yes. be probably one of the first ones i would put in i agree so now I, I, is there a way for people out there to say no <laughs> you can't no you're out you're overruled <laughs> sorry we're the nerds the original nerds yeah all right cool man yeah, so I think we can put that one in and we can, uh, you know, put a pin on that and come back in the future if we have other 
old dogs that we think might meet that criteria. Sounds good. All right, so that's going to do it for us. Tell us what you think of these couple of records we talked about today. Tell us what you're listening to. Give us some recommendations. We'd love it. Email us, podcast at albumnerds.com, or leave us a voicemail at 585-210-2454. What up? If you want to do the podcast a solid, you can reduce your review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at albumnerds. Uh, if you want to leave us a donation, some moolah, we'd appreciate it. You can go to com slash support. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll be back with more album recommendations in a Buddha week. <laughs> All right. If we're not stuck in Canada. <laughs> we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. See ya.